Good morning, everyone. I don't know if you've ever made an initial judgment on something, whether it's something you've bought or or seen or somewhere you've been. Maybe you've been in the shoe shop and you've seen those pair of shoes which you thought, yes, they're for me. They're the shoes that are going to change my life. And you buy them on impulse. But yet a week later, they're resigned to your wardrobe because they're really just not comfortable. Or maybe you've went somewhere on holiday and the day you arrive it's lashing down with rain and you wonder why did we ever choose to come to this place? And it's not until the sun comes out where you see why you're there. Maybe you've met someone and on initial impressions you're thinking this is my best friend for life. But a few months down the line you realise that they're one of the most annoying people that you've ever met. We make initial judgments about a lot of things. And sometimes we're caused to go back and rethink, is it what I thought it was? And the question I want us to look at over these next two Sunday mornings is regarding Psalm 23. And the opening statement, the Lord is my shepherd. What I want us to ask ourselves is, what does the Lord is my shepherd mean to me? In verse 1 here, this opening statement is David laying down everything that he sees the Lord means to him in a few simple words. And it may seem very underwhelming. When we come to think of the Lord that David would have known, the Lord over all things, the Lord of creation, his Lord and his God, to refer to him as a shepherd may seem very underwhelming. It may seem to fall so far short of who his God is. But this illustration of a shepherd is so much greater than many of us probably realise. Because right back from Abel, who was murdered by his brother, way back at the beginning of Genesis, Abel was a shepherd. When God chose a man from which to form a nation, Abraham, Abraham was a shepherd. Through the generations to Jacob, who was a shepherd. And even to David himself, who spent his early years as a boy, as a shepherd. Shepherding was at the heart of God's people from the beginning. In many ways, shepherding was the way that God revealed himself to his people, where they could get to know him. And understand him. There's many Hebrew names used for God. In the Bible to describe. What God is like. And we will see a number of them here. Referred to in this psalm. Even Jesus Christ himself. Presented himself. As the good shepherd. In John chapter 10. What does it mean to me. Well in this opening statement. David doesn't just say. About the Lord being a shepherd. He said. The Lord is. My. Shepherd. What does it mean when something's mine? Well. In our house. If I was to say. Who owns this dirty sweaty sock? There's not going to be a lot of people shouting. It's mine. It's mine. I want it. 
I want it. But if I have a £5 note, and I say, who owns this £5 note? Everybody would want it. Because for something to be mine, it's something that's precious to me. If I, if I call it as my own, it means something to me. There's a sense of ownership there. And when it comes to people like my friends and my family, I'm talking about people that are precious to me. People that I have a relationship with. It's people that I know. And more importantly, people that know me. Those that I love and trust and care about. We live in a world where friendships are formed and relationships are formed at the click of a computer button or on the screen of a phone. But a real relationship is formed when we know someone. When we know them and about them and who they are. And they know us. It's precious to us. It's a personal relationship that's formed. And that's the kind of relationship the shepherd had with his sheep. But the shepherds know their sheep. A good shepherd knows all of his sheep. He needs to know who they are. He needs to know about them and the little traits that they have. And even in the Bible it talks about the, sh- the shepherd knows the sheep by name. Jesus himself said, I know my sheep. I know my sheep. Those that trust and follow Jesus as a good shepherd, he knows us. He knows us in a personal way. And he reveals himself to us that we can know him too. And to know Jesus personally, we can confidently declare, just like David, I lack nothing or I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. God's people called God Jehovah Jireh. Which means the Lord will provide. We can trust in a God who provides. A God who knows us. And we see described in verses 2 and 3 that wonderful provision of the shepherd. Now one thing about sheep is they're not like cattle or horses. You can't drive them. You can't get behind them and shout and whoop and and get them to go where you want to go. Sheep will just scatter. To get sheep to go in a particular direction is they need to follow someone. And they will only follow one that they know and trust. The shepherd that knows his sheep leads his sheep. He gently leads them. He shows them the way that they need to go. And we see in verse 2 that the shepherd's desire is to lead the sheep from what is barren and destructive and dangerous to a place that is fruitful and nourishing. Somewhere that is healthy and safe. Sheep are one of those animals that will eat 
and eat and eat until they're full. And when they're full and they feel safe, only then will they lie down. To describe a sheep as one that lies down in green pastures. Beside the still waters. It gives a sense of satisfaction and peace and rest. This is exactly the same for our needs as the sheep with the shepherd. God's people called God Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord our peace. God's people knew the God that they followed was a God of peace. David knew the Lord, his shepherd, was a shepherd of peace. His Lord and his God was the one who could bring peace. And Jesus himself often called people to come to him and and to follow him. Because he had come to show us the way. The way to find that peace back in a relationship with God. He would bring us to a place where we could live the life that only the shepherd gives. A life that leads to peace and rest. But in verse 3, we see here, it also says, He restores my soul, or He refreshes my soul. God's people called God Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. When we think of the words restores, and revives and refreshes. When I come to a computer, there's one button that I learned to use very early on in the computer. That when things go wrong, they don't work out as you imagine, you hit the refresh button. And the idea of hitting a refresh button is to try and put right everything that we've got wrong. And to describe the shepherd as one who refreshes my soul. He is the one who can put right all that we have done wrong. In the person of Christ Jesus, he came to die on the cross. For us taking our punishment, taking our place, making a way back to God. To put right what we have got wrong to restore something we see so many of these programs on TV about restoring old houses or old pieces of furniture and to restore it is to bring it back to its former glory to make it everything that it was always intended to be from the start 
to say that the Lord, our shepherd, restores us. That when we come to know him, to trust in him, to let him be the one that leads us, he brings us on a journey of restoration. He will, by his Holy Spirit, bring us back to our former glory. To make us what God had intended us to be all along. We could be with the shepherd, with his leading, by his Holy Spirit. We can be all that God intended us to be. We can be restored to the glory that he had intended for us and revives when you revive something you're breathing new life into it the Bible clearly tells us that we're all lost we're all prone to wander off and go our own way just like the sheep and the shepherd spends so much of his time Looking after the sheep, trying to bring them back, rescuing them from danger and death and tending to the wounds that they have created and and got on their bodies by doing things their way. But the shepherd brings us back to, it says here in verse 3, the right paths or the paths of righteousness. When we follow Christ, we are no longer who we once were. We are no longer dying or close to death or in danger. But we're walking on a road where we're clothed in righteousness. We're being transformed, we're being restored. His Holy Spirit in us breathes new life into us and makes us not of ourselves, new life which is more of Christ Jesus it's a beautiful image to know and follow Christ Jesus we can live in a life of righteousness with his new life with his new hope God's people called God Jehovah Said Kenu, which is the Lord is our righteousness. All that we are, all that we live to be, is from Christ. When we trust that shepherd to lead us. And the life that the sheep lead reflects the reputation of the sheep. Because at the end of verse 3 it says for his name's sake. When people look at a herd of sheep they will see how healthy they are. They will see how content and well fed they are. They will look at the well-being of the sheep. And the reputation of the shepherd will be judged in the sheep that he has. And the name of Christ Jesus is reflected in his sheep. For those of us that trust in him 
and follow him. We are reflecting Jesus. The good shepherd is the one whose reputation can be judged when people look at us. Now that can be a real challenge for those of us who are believers and followers of Christ Jesus. Because quite often we don't live our lives with an attitude that we lack nothing or we have all that we want when we follow Jesus. In fact, this beautiful image that we've read about here in verses 2 and 3, it can often seem so far removed from the reality of our lives that Christ isn't really reflected at all. Do we live lives that are lives that reflect someone that is transformed and living in Christ? The idea of lying down in green pastures and being beside the still waters, sometimes we're so stressed and so busy that the idea of that is just so far removed we can't even imagine what that would look like. We're still prone to wander off instead of walking on the right paths, the paths of righteousness. We make many mistakes. We let ourselves down. We let God down. Do we represent him? Do we live in the hope that we have in him? Do we live in the confidence of what it means to trust and follow in the good shepherd? It's a real challenge. And we see here even in verse 4 that even David's mindset appears to change. Because he's declared who his shepherd is, who his Lord and his God is. The one that he's in a personal relationship with. The one that he knows and the one who knows him and he can trust. His shepherd is one that leads him. Leads him in a path of righteousness. That leads him with the hope of safety, protection and ultimately to those green pastures and still waters. But yet, in verse 4, David said, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The reality of David's life was very different than this picture he had painted in verses 2 and 3. Because David, his life was in danger. He was facing a real threat of death. David was a man who knew what pain and sorrow and suffering and affliction was. David was a man who knew what it was to make big mistakes. But yet he says, I walk through the darkest valley. The evil threat of sin and death is a real threat for everyone. Every one of us. 100% of people will die. That's one statistic that no one in this world can dispute. And the idea of death and the fear of death is something that's really unpleasant for us to take. 
whether it's the idea of us dying or the idea of someone else dying, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And it's something that we all wrestle with in our own hearts. And when David reflects on the danger of his life's in, and how he feels like he's right there in this darkest valley, in the shadow of death, he declares, I will fear no evil. How is it in the midst of such a difficult time, in the midst of such trying circumstances, in the midst of something that seems so inevitable, can David say, I will fear no evil. David had confidence in his shepherd. Because in verse 4 he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He knew that his Lord and his shepherd was with him. God's people called God Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. We have a shepherd that never leaves us. A good shepherd was renowned for staying with his sheep all the time. No matter what dangers or difficulties came away, the good shepherd would never abandon his sheep. Because they're his. He knows them. He loves them. His desire is to lead them. And he'll always be with them. Christ Jesus. The last thing he said to his disciples. Before he ascended to heaven. Was I will be with you always. Right at the end of Matthew 28. And for those of us who trust and believe in our good shepherd Jesus, who have faith that he is with us in every circumstance, we can have a hope in the difficulty that no one else can give because when we look at that phrase about walking through the darkest valley with Christ with us we can read it a little bit differently because firstly when we think of what it is to walk when we walk it means we're not trapped it means we're not stuck where we are to walk is to move on a journey we're going somewhere with Christ our shepherd with us we're walking we're moving we're going somewhere the destination that we have is not where we are now the circumstances that we're in right now haven't trapped us with Christ we're moving somewhere else to another destination. The valley 
<clears throat> I've spent a lot of time in the past in the mountains, um, usually in the winter. And one thing about being on the top of a mountain is you get the most magnificent views on a clear day. But when you're up high, it is the most barren place ever. It's, it's just a lump of rock. There's nothing there at all. But as you descend to the valley, you'll come to a point where there's what they call the tree line. And below the tree line, everything grows and flourishes. You see, on the mountains, nothing grows. It's in the valley where everything grows and flourishes and bears fruit. Maybe we can identify with being in a valley. A place that just seems so deep and so dark. But it's in that valley where things grow. Christ Jesus, by his Holy Spirit in us, is with us as we walk through the valley. By his Spirit, we can grow and flourish and be fruitful in what can sometimes seem the deepest, darkest place or in the most difficult of circumstances. But we just need to trust that the Lord God, our shepherd, is with us. And the darkness of this dark shadow Darkness can be a frightening thing. You know, for many of us, when we come to a room, the first thing we'll do in a dark room is, is put on the light because we don't like going into the dark. We may be afraid of the dark. But one thing about the darkness or about a shadow, it can't physically harm us. Yes, it can try and instill fear. It can try and frighten us. It can try and make us hold back or, or, or stay away or run away. But the darkness can't actually do anything to us and one way simply to remove darkness is by shedding light on it and what better light to shine in the darkness that we face in those shadows that sometimes come over our lives than Christ Jesus who referred to himself in John chapter 8 when he said I am the light of the world. There's no darkness that can come into our life. No shadow that can be so great or so frightening that when the light of Christ shines upon it, it just goes. It just disappears. Because Christ is so much greater. The light overcomes the darkness. David, in his time of difficulty, in his time of trial, never sought comfort in his own authority or in his wise advisors or in the, the sword of the warriors that he had. But he sought comfort in his shepherd. Verse 4 says, Your rod and your staff, they 
comfort me? The shepherd would have held two things. He held a rod and a staff. One was to defend and protect and correct. The other one was to guide and to lead. And the shepherd didn't necessarily come and give all the answers. He didn't come with massive military might. But what he came with was all he needed to correct and to guide and to lead his sheep. The promise of our shepherd is one who will be with us and guide us and lead us. And the testimony of those who call themselves his sheep is one of a good shepherd who knows us, knows everything about us. One who's in a relationship with us where we can trust him for all that we need. Our shepherd is one who leads us. He knows the way to go. He's the one who will show us the way, bringing us away from danger, leading us into a new life with a new destination and a new hope. And we have a shepherd who will be with us. No matter what we face, our shepherd will be with us, leading us, protecting us, walking with us, helping us to overcome everything that we face in this life. The question we've asked today, the Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean to me? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this wonderful image of you as the one who shepherds us. We thank you, Lord, that we can call your Son, Christ Jesus, our good shepherd. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us to to trust in who you are and what you've done for us. To know that with you we lack nothing. That where you lead us is the place to green pastures and still waters. And that, Lord, we need to fear no evil because you are with us. Help us, Lord, to take these truths in our heart. Pray, Lord, that you will challenge us with them and give us the confidence to live by them and to pledge and proclaim in our hearts the Lord is my shepherd. In your name we pray all these things. Amen.